Hey, Anna, remember that time Christopher Columbus founded America? Or was it John Smith? Or was it the Pilgrims? And welcome to Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I am your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all of their favorite moments in history. And today is going to be a weird one. (laughs) (laughs) For probably a lot of reasons. (laughs) Yeah, so I really wanted to talk about the founding of America But the thing about the founding of America is that it, like, doesn't exist. (laughs) It's like a concept. (laughs) It's not a thing. It's a concept that we created and then started teaching people in schools, and it's completely nonsensical. So this is going to be a strange episode. (laughs) Also, I'm extremely tired. I've had a weird day, and I've had no coffee. So (laughs) buckle up, friends. (laughs) Well, speaking of drinks, sis, do you want a drink update? Oh, yeah. You want me to go first? I don't care. I, I'm I'm drinking water. Who's surprised? <laughs> okay. Just get mine right out of the way. I'm drinking water. I am drinking some uh, warm spiced cider. With, it's spiked with rum. <laughs> it was like, oh, yum. And then, oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that's still yum. It's still yum. It just, I was not ready for the twist. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put a ton in there. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I deserve it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about this. <laughs> if you are looking at your podcast app of choice, you will probably see that founding is in parentheses or in parentheses, in quotations. Wow. Wow. This is going to be great start. A fun let's episode go. for us. <laughs> um, and that's because that's like, that, that's nothing, right? Technically, the people who quote unquote found America were the people who crossed the Bering Land Bridge like 16,000 years ago. Sure. And the people who have since settled and lived here and the people who have come in between like all the way at the top of North America, all the way down to the bottom of South America, right? So find, finding America is it's nothing. because Also because America <laughs> is not just the United States. It's like way more than that. Because like Leif Erikson and a bunch of Vikings set foot in North America in like 1000, but that was in Canada. So we have this concept of what finding America is and it's just, it's nothing. Do you know what's so funny that we're talking about this right now? Okay. So um, we've gotten ourselves a Disney Plus subscription. Yes, indeed. And I have been watching the seminal late 1990s classic, Smart Guy. Oh, classic. If you've never watched Smart Guy, I don't know how you've lived, but it's about a little 10-year-old kid who gets bumped up to high school because he's a genius and he's born in elementary school. Yes. Basically. Mm -hmm. And in the episode I was watching last night, he keeps challenging his history teacher because he keep his history teacher keeps saying things that are technically wrong, mm-hmm. that are things that we teach. So they're talking about the Puritans coming to yep. America. Welcome to this keeps, episode of the podcast. And he keeps raising his hand and going, um, actually the Vikings came before them. And like Yep. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, we're going to talk about that. That's, that's kismet. about to be me this whole yeah. episode. I, and I, I'm going to, I very much would enjoy teaching history. I want to teach elementary school, but history is my favorite, obviously. <laughs> so I just got to get this all out now so I can tone it back when I have to teach it to <laughs> When you children. have a lesson plan yes. to follow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about Christopher Columbus, the Jamestown Settlement, and the Plymouth Settlement. Because I think in American schools, we get told that each of those are like finding America or settling America. And there are reasons why that's not true for each of them. But there are also reasons why they are important. And so I wanted to talk about that. Also, in my memory, it's been a very long time since I was in, like, elementary school mm-hmm. learning these things for the first time. So in my memory, they all, like, blend together. Exactly. <laughs> you, like, I bet you don't remember if Jamestown or Plymouth came first. Because a nope, lot of people don't. You. Yeah, because... 27 years old, couldn't tell you. Because we get taught them in such a way that they it doesn't matter. Like, they don't tell us... Which right. came first or why, which was important. That's not the thing you need to remember to pass your standardized test. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. that people who are not American are also very confused by these things. because Or they don't care, which it, yes. is fine. But it's just not clear. So I wanted mm. to talk a little about each of those things. And we'll talk about why they were not the finding of America. And also why why they're important and why we remember them. Do it to it. So sorry for that very long intro for a very strange episode, but here we go. Um, I want to start with Christopher Columbus, which is going to be a doozy. Um, a huge source that I used for this one is a book called Everything You Wanted to Know About Indians But Were Too Afraid to Ask by Anton Truer. I'm taking a Native American lit class this semester, and we're using this book as a reference book, and it's fantastic. It's so good. And it has a really great section on Columbus, and that's basically where all of my notes have come from, because <laughs> he just, you know, he got it right. It's very accurate, and he summarizes, like, why we believe all the things we do about him. So, to set up Columbus's situation a little bit, in the late 1400s, Spain and Portugal are in constant competition over trade with other countries and, you know, with each other. In 1488, the Portuguese explorer Bartolomeu Diaz finds a way to reach India by sailing around Africa. This I remember. Yes, around the Cape of Good Hope. (laughs) Yeah. Before this discovery... Europeans had to travel to Indiana or to India and Indiana. China. Indiana. <laughs> I was saying India and and it all blended <laughs> all the way to Indiana by boat. By boat <laughs> through land by boat. By boat, yeah. Anyway, um, they had to travel through the Mediterranean, and that path held a bunch of pirates and made trade way more expensive because they had to, like, pay people off to get through that route. So because the Portuguese are the first to find this path, they basically have a trade monopoly on it. It was just, like, a known rule that whoever finds that path, that's theirs now. And they got to it first, and that's they're making all the money off of it. <laughs> sure. So in 1485, Christopher Columbus starts shopping around his idea to (laughs) sail the Atlantic to attempt to find a Western route to China or India. So he's from Italy, but he took this idea to like anybody, anybody who would listen. Right. (laughs) He, He brought it to Portugal, Genoa, 
I think is Genoa. How you say yeah, yeah. Um, Venice and England, and they all reject him. <laughs> Well. Because they, a lot of them thought that his estimate of a 2,400-mile journey was too low. They assumed it would take way longer to get all the way around the world. I mean, that's not an absurd assumption. No, no, it's not. And so <laughs> nobody wanted to invest in it because they were like, "You, that's not right, my man. And it's also, not going to happen. And also, we have these roots. Why would we bother with that? Right. This I found very interesting. There is a common misconception that was popularized by Washington Irving, Ugh, who we talked guy. about a little bit last time, that guy. Um, who wrote a biography of Columbus, that Columbus was trying to prove that the earth was round. Have you heard oh, this? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I've heard that before, for sure. That is not what he was trying to do. At this well, yeah. point, educated Europeans knew that the earth was round. Yeah. Like, that was a long established fact. So he, I don't know why this started, but that, I I mean, like, I remember learning that in school and it's just not true. I feel like maybe it was just one of those things that's like, ooh, it adds an air of like, I don't, I don't know, like, uh, like mystery. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, I, it makes him out to be a grand explorer. He's trying yeah, to prove it. that the earth yeah. is round. You know what he I mean? He was going to be the one to prove it. Now yeah. that's why we know it, you know? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, that's not true. Everybody knew that the Earth was round. Because he <laughs> knew the Earth was round, he thought he would be able to go around right, the round kind of the Earth thing. to yeah. get to India or China. Or Indiana. Or Indiana. Which, I mean, certain events get us there eventually. In a roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, the last group that he brings his idea to is the Spanish. Of course. So, at this time, Ferdinand and Isabella... Just Icons. married to reunite a bunch of Spanish kingdoms because the Iberian Peninsula had been split for a really long time and they were trying to reclaim a bunch of those lands. We should do an episode on Ferdinand and Isabella sometime. Oh, yes, definitely, because they are very interesting mm-hmm. and they do a lot of things in their life. <laughs> uh, so Columbus first brings his proposal to them in 1486. They reject it for the same reason that everybody else did. They think that he's underestimated the journey. Uh, He keeps trying and negotiating, and finally, in January of 1492, the Spanish monarchy approves of his plan. I don't know what changed. I think that uh, at this point, they had reclaimed a lot more land, and were finally getting to a more financially stable point, that they wanted to try and be more financially stable in trade, so they were willing to try this. They were willing to risk it. Yeah. Uh, Columbus is given three ships. Anna, what are the ships? The Nina, Penta, and Santa Marina? Okay, I just wanted to quiz you and see if you It's knew Marina, them. right? Not Maria. I I don't remember. <laughs> now I you, now you've lost me. Yeah. I did learn that uh, the Pinta was um, just a nickname. We don't actually know what that uh, boat was named. Oh. It was like... It is, oh, it's the Santa Maria. I'm Maria, sorry, yeah. Sorry. We we don't actually know what it was named. That was just a nickname for it. And that's just what we have now. <laughs> Interesting. I mm-hmm. never knew that. Yeah. I've seen them, the yeah. like replica ones that they made. They're yes. replicas. Yeah, yeah they're I've cool. I've seen them. They sail them up the Ohio River sometimes. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, so he gets the ships and he's told that if he succeeds, he'll be given the rank of Admiral of the Ocean Sea, which I just find delightful. Did they really need to say ocean and sea? I don't know. But also I like that he's going to be the Admiral of the entire ocean. The Ocean Sea is such a funny phrase to me. He's also appointed 
he will be appointed viceroy and governor of all the new lands that he claims for Spain. Sure. And he's promised 10% of the revenues of any lands that he claims. That's a good deal. So he is out to make a lot of money on he this. Got he got a really good deal mm-hmm. on something that was like a really high risk. Yeah, yeah. And I think that part of it was probably like, well, if he does it, he deserves this reward. But if he doesn't do it, what are we going to lose on it? Might as well incentivize him to do it well. You know? I guess. I mean, he doesn't get any of those things if it doesn't happen. Exactly. So I guess that's true. They're yeah. not really out all of that. So on October 12th, 1492, he lands in the Bahamas, not North America. Right. He eventually lands in Cuba and Espinola which is the island that Haiti and the Dominican Republic are on, but he will never land in North America. But he did sail the ocean blue in, in the year 1492. Yes, yeah. indeed. But again, never lands in America. No. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So like, there's our first point where it's like, wow, he really didn't find America even a little bit. <laughs> I was also listening to an old episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me the other day. Uh-huh. And, which is, if you don't know, a listener, um, a podcast and one of our favorite podcasts and you should listen to it. Um, and they were talking about Columbus Day for some reason. And Travis said, Travis, one of the hosts of the show, um, said, uh, do you think the people who created Columbus Day felt really, really dumb when they figured out he didn't actually land here? <laughs> and they had to just be like, well, I guess we can't change it. Too late now. <laughs> yeah, I bet they did because I mean, never. they should change it for a lot of other reasons, uh-huh. but I feel like that was probably the first, oh, that was maybe not the best idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the indigenous people of the islands where he lands are the Lucania, I think maybe? Mm, the, nope, that's no, not it. I don't know. Lucayan? It doesn't end in an A. No, so. it doesn't. Um <laughs> The Taino and the Arawak, again, I am probably pronouncing those incorrectly and I apologize. And I will probably do it with several other Native Americans throughout this episode. I apologize. Uh, So all of these groups are very friendly. They're very willing to trade with Columbus and his men. Uh, Columbus mistakenly calls them the Spanish word for Indians because he believed that he had land. Landed he landed in, in India. Or near India, and yeah. islands off of India. So that's why we we call Native Americans Indians now. Well, we, sh- we don't now. Right, we shouldn't. And we shouldn't. But that's why when I was younger, mm-hmm. that is what the, the group Native Americans were referred to as. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in his trades with the Native people from the islands, he receives some gold. And he thinks that there is gold on the islands because they give him gold. But most, if not all, of that gold had come from Mexico because the people on these islands have been trading with the native people of Mexico. Who have gold. Who have gold. Right. Oh, man. White men, am I right? Yes. Columbus makes a few journeys to and from the islands and back to Spain. On one, I think on his second journey, he returns with members of the Spanish military and some officials who were supposed to help establish a colony on the island. While trying to find... Love that imperialism. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, While he's trying to find gold supplies, they force the native people to give up the gold that they have and to work to try and find the gold, 
even by even though by this point they're like we don't have any and we've taken all that we had and that's it you know but he is a white man so yep. who needs to listen so while they're trying to find the gold columbus and his men kill huge portions of the native population mm. so between slavery violence and the diseases they carried over the Spanish almost completely diminished the populations of those islands within, like, a couple of decades. Just killed off all of those people. It's extremely upsetting. It's extremely upsetting. It's very bad. So, like, it's super cool that we still have a day named after him. I'm really annoyed right now that we don't curse on this podcast. (laughs) This is an appropriate... This is an appropriate time to be annoyed by that. I want to curse this guy so bad. Yeah. So when the king and queen, Fernand and Isabella, learn of his mistreatment of the natives, he is removed from power and briefly arrested. (laughs) He gets out of jail, but he never gets his position as governor back. Wow, that that really showed him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You guys got him real good mm-hmm. before you put up that statue of him. Mm-hmm. And this is a common theme with the Spanish colonies where they were like, we have to treat them well. And then they treated them horribly. And then somebody maybe got arrested for a little bit for treating them horribly. And then like kind of nothing happened. Like that happens a lot. With yeah, the it's, not, uh, it's not specific to Spanish settlements. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but the, the Spanish monarchy tried harder than some of the other monarchies to be like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. They didn't try that hard, but they tried harder than some others. <laughs> Define tried. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did they try? No. Mm. Did they want to? Tr- did they want to attempt to maintain their image? Yes. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> yeah. So while D- Columbus obviously didn't discover America even a little bit, he did set the tone of brutality towards the native people in the New World. Like that, that is a thing that like he can be like not rewarded or even credited for credited yeah thank you that like he can be credited for that because that continued with cortez and south america and all of the english and french settlers in north america like most of them followed that exact same pattern where they tried to trade with them and then when the native people were like you suck stop they (laughs) got violent towards them and eventually attempted to enslave and kill them off like that was a columbus they didn't attempt to. They succeeded. Yes. Yeah. Um, Columbus also brought colonization to the New World because he was, like, the one of the first people who landed in the New World who established a colony. And that, again, continues throughout the rest of history leading up to where we are now. You know, like, that mm-hmm. the, the colonization had been happening around in and around Europe, but it hadn't been brought this way yet and he was the one that did that so really uh didn't find america and super sucked a lot and we do not need a day named after him anymore so Mm -hmm. that's columbus for you (laughs) great yeah the other ones are not great but are way better than that one (laughs) (laughs) that that's the worst of it we've gotten the worst of it out of the way Okay, just prepare yourself because when we start talking about Jamestown here, it's gonna be a lot of Pocahontas. I'm probably gonna make a lot of Pocahontas references. That is one of my favorite Disney movies. The of all whole time. time I was doing research for Jamestown, I had the Virginia Company song from the beginning. Oh stuck in my head. yes, yeah. and the the song about digging the gold. Yep, 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 yep. Here yep. we go. All right, so Jamestown. 
1606, a group of 105 men and boys set sail from Blackwell in London with a charter from the Virginia Company of London to set up a colony in the New World. Glory, God, and gold in the Virginia Company. I learned something very interesting about the Virginia Company while I was doing this work that I didn't know. Um, The Virginia Company was just like a company established by, I think, King James. But there were two branches of it. So there was the Virginia Company of London, and then there was the Virginia Company of Plymouth. So they became known as the London Company and the Plymouth Company. But now we know them as the Virginia Company and the Plymouth Company. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Yeah. So when I was doing my research for Plymouth, which we'll talk about in a little bit, I saw things that said the Virginia Company and other things that said the Plymouth Uh. Company, and I was really confused. And that's what it was. Huh. Yeah. So the Virginia Company of London had a certain portion of the country that they could charter, and the Virginia Company of Plymouth had a different portion of the country. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Hmm. fun facts with Amanda. (laughs) So this is not England's first attempt at establishing a colony in the Americas. There had been a few previous attempts, like Roanoke, which I will Mm. do an episode on because Roanoke, oh my god, is so interesting. So Um, weird. But all of their previous attempts had failed. So it's it's not even like this was the first time England sent ships to America because they didn't. <laughs> like they, they just failed before. So the fleet included three ships, the Susan Constant, Discovery, and Godspeed. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I knew the names of those ships before. I just I knew them. I knew of the Susan Constant. Mm-hmm. I had heard that name before. Um all the ships are captained well, I the Fleet is captained by Christopher Newport. Each of the individual ships had captains. But, sure. you know. Their trip lasts four months, which is actually really long for the trip from yeah. England to America. Uh, they stop in the Canary Islands and Puerto Rico for supplies before they eventually land on April 26, 1607 in the Chesapeake Bay. In uh, the area they land in, they name Cape Henry. When they land, they opened the sealed instructions from the Virginia Company that included the instructions for finding a permanent, secure location for their settlement and the list of names of people that will form the governing council of the colony. Edward Wingfield is named as the president of the governing council, and John Smith is named as a member of the council. So here comes John Smith. John Smith. We could talk a little bit about John Smith through this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we should have known when Mel Gibson played John Smith that he would end up where he did. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, here's a th- fact I didn't know. Smith was actually arrested for mutiny on the journey over. <gasps> I knew that. And was scheduled to be hanged upon arrival. But uh, either the captain or the reverend with them um, gets his release once they land. I think I did know that. I had heard the story about him being arrested for yeah. mutiny. Yeah. So, like, if that doesn't already tell you a lot about his John character. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, the group travels up the James River, and on May 13th, they choose a piece of land, which they name Jamestown. And after King James. After King James, of course. Mm-hmm. Jamestown is on a peninsula. But they name the peninsula Jamestown Island, which Idiots. is like, guys... <laughs> An island has to be surrounded by uh-huh. all of it. The and also you thing. named the whole island the same name as your new town, which is like super fun and original. 
Uh, so they choose this location because it's easily defensible. It's like where it is on the curve of the river. It will be easy for them to build a fort. And it's accessible for future trade. They'll be able to build ports along the river. Um, it's uninhabited by any indigenous people. And this is because it was swampy, infested with mosquitoes, and uh, was just terrible land for agriculture. So they were Great like, oh. place to settle a colony. Yeah, they were like, oh, look at all this open land. Nobody's here. That's great. We won't take land any- from anybody. We'll just land right here. But nobody was settled there because it was terrible. Because <laughs> nobody could live there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they arrived during a severe drought. Of and too late in the year to be able to plant any crops. So mm. it's already looking like this is going to be a new Roanoke, that it's just not going to work for them, you know? like Dire times yes. for our friends at Jamestown. Yes, very much so. Their fort is completed on June 15th, and on June 22nd, Captain Newport leaves for England to get supplies for the colony because they're running out of supplies because hmm. they can't plant anything because everything was poorly planned. The area where they land is populated with around 14,000 indigenous people who are members of the Powhatan Confederacy. Did I say mm-hmm. that right? Yes, you did. Excellent. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone could tell me the proper way to pronounce it, but that is the way I have always heard. Okay. So early relationships between the colonists and the Powhatans are positive, And this is largely because of John Smith. He leads lots of expeditions to them and negotiates with them. Um, So he does a good job of, like, making those those early relationships good. Uh, They attempt to help the colonists by giving them food, but eventually their demands are too high and they're trying to encroach on their land and they were like, never mind, y'all suck. Don't want to hang out with you anymore. The Europeans got greedy. Yep, 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 yep. As they do. So the Pocahontas story is mm-hmm. probably, it probably happened. She but it did was, exist. Well, it, she did exist and she probably helped John Smith in some way. But the assumption is that it is either wildly exaggerated or completely misinterpreted by Smith. Yeah, I mean, the Disney story is not what happened. Well, no, no, no. It's but, a good story. But even the, like, real story is yeah. also not probably not what happened because we get this account of this Pocahontas encounter um from John Smith's yes, early writings about Virginia. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. I have read it and yeah. other things he has written. It is unpleasant. <sighs> yes, it is. Um so it, it was either, you know, he exaggerated like the whole like throwing herself on top of him to save her, whatever or it was misinterpreted by some sort of like essentially hazing by that tribe to like be like ah you're in now you know what i mean he wasn't actually in danger no probably no or if he was it was resolved in a way that was much different than the way that he wrote about it sure and honestly if he was in danger it was probably his fault oh it was definitely (laughs) his fault almost certainly his fault like for sure for sure so the settlers begin dying in huge numbers, either by disease or lack of food. Like the water that they were drinking was not good. They were getting sick. Oh. They didn't have any food. All of that, you know, stuff that kills people. Uh, all And this is shortly after Newport leaves. So they're like pretty desperate for that supply run. Um, before Newport returns with the first supply, about two thirds of the first group of settlers have died. And there's some other accounts that say even closer to like 80% of the settlers had died. Oof. 
the return of the first supply in 1608 also brings a new group of colonists. So now there are more people there, uh, including the first women in the colony. They There were no women on the original journey, and I think there were only two on the first supply run. So the men and women were like wildly out- outnumbered for a really long time in Jamestown. Mm. What an interesting precedent to set. <laughs> yeah. In the same year, Smith becomes the president of the colony uh, and the head of the council. He gets elected president. I think he was th- the third or fourth president of the colony at this point because mm. the people who were in charge. Dying. Well, not that. They were just were doing a terrible job. Like, because he, people kept dying. Yeah. he <laughs> In Smith's account of it, I'm sure, again, he exaggerates it, but it was not inaccurate that those people were just like inept and like arguing over well, important yeah. things and were not helping the colony survive. And he he's pre- he was an explorer. He had gone on journeys before, so he was pretty equipped to help them, like, get set up, you know? Uh, he starts enforcing a no-work, no-food policy. Cool. Because the original colonists were all, like, gentlemen who had never worked a day in their lives. <laughs> okay, I find it over, funnier now. Yeah, they wanted to come over and get rich, and they didn't know that they were going to have to, like, build their settlement and farm and they had been used to like relying on their servants to do all of that for like a really long time and so when everybody was dying it was because nobody was doing any work so john smith was like shape up (laughs) all right i could get behind that yeah uh smith is only president for a very short amount of time he is injured in an explosion during a trading expedition you know not long into his uh time as president his injuries force him to return to England, and he doesn't return to Virginia in his life, as far as I know. I don't think so. Yeah. So it is it is true that Jamestown was the first permanent Engl- English settlement in the New World. So, like, if you're talking about not discovering, finding, but founding America, these are the people that you can technically credit with that. Because... The American colonies were an, were a set of English colonies, and this was the first English colony. Sure. So, like, that is as far as you can go to say that this group of people found America, right? Founded the country of what became the country of America, the United States of America. Exactly. But they did not physically find the continent of North America. No. Nor did they intend to found a new country, right. obviously. Also, but... there were people already here who didn't need to find it yes, because they were so. here. Yeah. Yep. These, that's the other thing. These were not the first Americans because they weren't American. They were English. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, John Smith was not the captain of the first expedition, nor was he the original president of the colony. So a lot of times, you know, we associate John Smith with Jamestown, but Mm -hmm. like he was not initially in charge and he was not even there for most of its history. What's the guy's name in the movie? Uh, Ratcliffe. I don't even know if Ratcliffe was there. I don't think, I think he was just a character in the movie, but yeah. Um, he did a lot of good for the colony while he was there and he did, he worked hard for that group of people, but he was just not there for very long. Um, the reason we so heavily associate him with Jamestown is because after he left Virginia and returned to England, he wrote the colony's first history. So he wrote Mm -hmm. the first account of the, the founding of Jamestown. Uh, he wrote it to keep investors interested in the colony so he had to, like, make it sound like they were succeeding and interesting so that people would keep funding them. And he also wrote it to make himself look good because he wanted to get back in the colony and back in a place of leadership. 
Classic. But that just never happens for him. Well. Yeah. He returns to America. He goes on other expeditions, which we'll talk about a little bit in the next section. Like, he continues to be an explorer, but he just, like, never gets his foot back in in Virginia the way he wanted to. Mm, It's hard to get your foot in the door in Virginia. It is indeed. Okay, so that's Jamestown. So if you were confused about whether Jamestown or Plymouth came first, it was definitively Jamestown. See, I did. I never. I'm sure that I knew that. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, I knew that. But like in the memory of my childhood and learning all of these things, I guess I would have assumed Plymouth came first. Yeah. Well, because, because we, of like the Mayflower. Yes, and that's how we get taught about it. And there's I sing a, a song about it in kindergarten. And because we think of the Pilgrims as the first Americans, even right. though it was just like the, you know, like normal English colonists. Right. And there's a reason we so heavily associate the Pilgrims with being the first Americans, and we'll talk about it a little bit at the end of mm-hmm. this, after we talk about Plymouth. Here comes the Thanksgiving history, y'all. Yes, we will have a little bit about Thanksgiving. Not really that much, because there's really not that much to tell, but we'll get well, into that. <laughs> it's a weird holiday. Yeah. So in 1609, so we're jumping back a little bit, a group of English Puritans who were separatists from the Church of England, um, will who will later become known as the Pilgrims, so we'll probably just refer to them as the Pilgrims for the rest of this, uh, leave England after years of religious persecution. They settle in the Netherlands and stay there for several years. So this is just setting up why eventually they will want to leave. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. Um, while they are there, while they're in the Netherlands and eventually also in Holland for a while, they fear that they're losing their culture to Dutch influences because, like, a lot of their children are joining the Dutch army and things like that. So they were, like, they had to leave England because of their religious persecution, but they also, like, could not find a place where they could, like, be in the way that they wanted to be. Well, they wanted to remain English. And they also wanted to have and, an insular society that they just, yes, like, could, couldn't establish in another country, you know? That too. But they wanted to, like, keep English sort of societal yes. traditions. Mm-hmm. But they did, but they were being religious, religiously persecuted. Yes. So, what do you know? Yes. So, the, that's a little far back because our next uh, important event is in 1619, but that's important <laughs> to why they decide they want to leave. Is because of that. So in 1619, the group gets a land patent from the Plymouth Company. So Virginia Company as a whole, the Plymouth section of that company. Mm -hmm. Um, They, to settle in the New World. They were originally told to settle in the Cape Cod area, but they didn't want that uh, patent because there was already Dutch influence in that area and they were Hmm. tired of that. So they instead accept a patent for land at the mouth of the Hudson River. So the Plymouth Company had lands in the northern United States in what is now New England. And Mm -hmm. the uh, London Company had the southern part of the states. A group called the Merchant Adventurers, which is a great great name for a group. I want that on like a badge. I wish that the pilgrims were the merchant adventurers. How much more fun would our history be? <laughs> yeah, that like the merchant adventurers and the Native Americans sat down and had dinner together. Oh, that's, that's why fantastic. we celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's way better. That is that is it's better way better by a mile. That is so yeah. much better on both counts. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. So this group, the merchant adventurers. 
um, work with the pilgrims to provide practical and military assistance because Mm. the pilgrims are a bunch of like farmers and religious folk right so they have no sense of how to like sail you know or defend themselves yeah Yeah. um and they basically just had a setup where they would get over there they would farm anything that they made was going to pay off their debts for several years with both the plymouth company and with the merchant adventurers so the original voyage is a mix of the two groups So after several failed attempts to leave England, I did not know how many times these fools tried to leave England before they actually (laughs) left. They originally had two ships. Yes, I knew that. One of the ships kept getting busted, and they had to keep coming back. And eventually, like a big chunk of the group was like, "We're not going." Yeah, they turned around several times because the ship like wouldn't maintain. Yeah, and every time people would be like. Nah, I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. So they and, kept, like, losing people. Yeah. Because they'd be like, I actually don't want to do that again. And, like, the third time, they're pretty sure that it was people sabota- sabotaging the ships. Because they yes. were like, we want to come back. We don't want to deal with this anymore. So after all of that, a group of about 100, maybe a little more, leave Plymouth Port in England on the Mayflower. They leave May on September 6, 1620. That's a song I sing in kindergarten. Uh-huh. And I you would hold hands well. with the person across from you and, like, put your feet together and rock back and forth like mm-hmm. a boat. Yep, I remember it. it. I remember it well. <laughs> so rough seas caused the ship to diverge from its original course, and the settlers actually end up landing off the coast of Cape Cod <laughs> after two months of sailing. So even though they didn't want to settle there, that is where they end up landing. They try to sail south to the Hudson where they are supposed to land, but the path is really difficult because of, like, all of the uh, low water and islands Mm -hmm. that are in that area. And they're running really low on supplies and it's winter, so they decide they're just going to stay where they are. Sure. And originally they have some, like, conflict over whether or not they should stay there because they don't technically have the rights to (laughs) land there because they... Ignored they that asked paddock. not yeah. to have land that there. land. Yeah, it was a very strange little situation. But clearly, that was never that big of an issue because there they, they stayed. there they stayed. Yeah. So before I was talking about how there were Dutch influences in this area, it's because the Pilgrims were not the first Europe- Europeans to explore New England. They weren't even the first English to explore New England. Yeah. They were the first to establish a permanent colonial settlement there but they were not the first to land there so the french and dutch and some english had explored the area before john smith was actually the one to name plymouth hmm. plymouth so he found it and made a map of it at some point and this is the other thing they had the advantage of having some very yes. very primitive maps of the area because they weren't the first to explore it right um he found it and he it was a uh an abandoned settlement from a, a group of uh, Native Americans, which we'll talk about a little bit, and he named it Plymouth. And when they eventually land there, they decide to keep that name since they left Plymouth Port. They thought oh, it was appropriate. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So originally, they land in Provincetown, which is a different area that has been found in this area. Uh, before leaving the ship, they write the Mayflower Compact, which we learn about in American oh, schools, yes. which is uh, a document that outlines their governing policies, which are basically like, we will be English. That's what they say, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the we decisions We will be English, 
And we will be Puritan. <laughs> End of list. End of list. So after about a month of unsuccessful attempts to find food and a bunch of conflicts with the native tribes around that area, they decide to leave Provincetown to find a new place to settle. They land at Plymouth Rock, which also is like maybe they didn't land at Plymouth Rock. Maybe they just landed at Plymouth, but it's, you know, a thing. On December 16th, 1620. The site where they begin building their settlement had been recently abandoned by the I don't know how to say the name of this tribe. No, pa- I don't either. Packs to it, perhaps. Um, but it's a band of the Wampanoag uh, tribe. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the other thing about talking about Native Americans is that we named Native Americans a lot of things that they never called themselves. Right. So uh, most of these are probably not the actual names of the tribes that they call themselves either. So that's just sort of where we're at. And that's uh, unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, if there are any people out there who are Native Americans who are listening who might know a little bit more about that, I'd be happy to hear it. Yes. I, I don't like getting it wrong. Yes. I have been learning a lot about how both how wrong we have been and how hard it is to now be correct because of how much history we have erased in my yep. Native American lit class. So it's like just it's a difficult situation to try and be more correct now and it's rough. Anyway. Stupid white people. Stupid white people. On uh, speaking of <laughs> on March <laughs> uh, on March sixteenth, sixteen twenty one, after a very harsh winter that had killed almost half of the original s- settlers, the pilgrims are approached by Samoset, who is a Native American who had learned English from some traders and trappers in Maine because he was originally from Maine. He introduces the colonists to Massasoit, who is the chief of the Wampanoag tribe, and Squanto, who had actually lived in that abandoned settlement that Mm. they had now settled near, and he was the only survivor of that settlement. Yes, just very famous for that. Yes, and he also knew a lot of English because he, oh, he's really interesting. He would make his own episode. He's very interesting. Because he was kidnapped and sold into slavery in New England for a really long time, so he was very fluent in English. And Don't give it all away. Made his way back. He's he's a very cool guy. Guy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very fascinating. Yes. So that group of men form a peace treaty with the colonists, and that's what leads us into this uh, idea of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to do this episode this week because it's almost Thanksgiving and. It's this yes. time where we're thinking about a lot of these things. Again, if you're not from America or uh, a country that celebrates a Thanksgiving, like Canada also has a Thanksgiving, but it's mm-hmm. not, like, obviously the same, like, origins of the holiday. It's very uh, similar. In America, it's, like, very specific. Like, <laughs> yeah. we celebrate it because we believe this event happened like this, and that's how we celebrate it. Um, and But now it's basically just, like, everybody eats a ton of food and watches football and... That's American football, it. not even the good football. Um, <laughs> I like American football, but it's yeah. not it's not football. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I love Thanksgiving. It's fun. It's family. It's food. But uh, it's I'm inaccurate. Kidding. It's just inaccurate. It's very inaccurate. Yeah. So uh, he, this I found this quote, and I just think it put it really well. So I'm gonna read it. The first Thanksgiving was actually a solemn ceremony in 1623 of praise and thanks to God for the colony's good fortune in response to the arrival of additional colonists and supplies. 
that event probably occurred in July and consisted of a full day of prayer and worship and probably very little revelry. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's where we get the name Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is from a completely different event. Just entirely yes. different event. But so, the story you're told when you're like a kid learning about Thanksgiving is the story you're told is that um, the Native Americans saw that the colonists were struggling and had no food or supplies and brought them food. And they all sat and like had a meal together and everybody got along. We were all best friends. And that was the first Thanksgiving. Like that's the story you're told. Yeah. Which is nothing. Not accurate in any way. Like never happened. (laughs) So, So here's, here's what the rest of this says. The event now commemorated in the United States at the end of November each year is more properly described as a harvest festival. Mm-hmm. The original festival was probably held in early October of 1621 and was celebrated by the 53 surviving pilgrims along with uh, Massasoit and 90 of his men. So it was a meeting. It's like a melding of two stories. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was a, a celebration of the harvest, which is why we do it the time of year that we do it. And it was a celebration between the pilgrims and that group of Native Americans. But it wasn't that they just, like, brought them food. It was a celebration of their peace treaty. It was them teaching them how to, like, fend for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it it really wasn't this, like, ah, yes, the kind Native American. Like, that's all garbage. Yeah. That's not what it was. It was a celebration with those two groups of people. It just doesn't look anything like the way that we were taught how it looks. Right. Yeah. And also, it is so funny to me that Thanksgiving was just, like, they read that in some account, and it was a completely different event. But they were like, that sounds pretty good. Let's do it like this. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's also important to note that there was, uh, several years later, a war called King Philip's War, war mm-hmm. about 50 years later, which was between a bunch of New English settlers and local Native Americans because of how uh, terrible the New England settlers were and, like, encroaching on land and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a Native American chief who they nicknamed King Philip had this, like, horrible war with the pilgrims and... Like, that that peace that they made, this peace treaty, did not last 50 years because that terrible thing happened. You know what I mean? So that was just, that's just an aside. But the, the reason we remember P- Plymouth, right, we're talking about why it gets associated with the founding of America is obviously because of Thanksgiving. We have this association with Thanksgiving, but it's also because the reason the pilgrims came to America was because of religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a huge, like American becomes, ideal in the coming yeah. years when we start forming up our own idea of like what America is. You know, I talked yeah. a little bit about that with Sam Adams and like, you know, Puritans then later came over because of religious persecution. And that just became such a symbol of what America was to people that we think of them as these first Americans because they were the first Englishmen to come to America for religious freedom, Mm -hmm. which became a hugely important part of our history. So there are obviously reasons why each of these groups are remembered when we talk about the finding of America or the founding of America, whatever. Um, 
but it's just that we just have this idea that it was an event, like ah, and then we found America and we put <laughs> and some put some houses on it. We put some houses on it, and that was America. <laughs> but like that's just not true. It's so much more complicated yeah. than that. And the stories we get told when we are in elementary school in America are these overly simplified versions of all three of these stories, and we get told them in such a way that it's like. It's just what you carry with you. They're indistinguishable from one another. And yeah, I just think it's important to know like that each of those events occurred in certain ways that we might not know, but that they were each important and did contribute to what we now know of as America. So that was my weird episode. (laughs) I liked it. I, I, I really enjoyed doing the research for it. It was just like... Uh, just a strange little concept that I wanted to try out. I loved it. Thanks. Thought it was really fun. Um, so history is great, but today's cool too. What's your favorite thing about modern times? Welcome to modern times. This is a segment of the podcast in which we talk about things we like about the here and now. It was one of my uh worst transitions but i'm so tired it's delightful (laughs) it's my favorite i was telling my friend the other day how anytime i think about this segment i get the theme song stuck in my head it's just my favorite (laughs) that makes me so happy it just delights me i just made it up on a whim yeah it delights me you got it the first time that you ever tried it and it's my favorite thing i don't think i've ever gotten any kind of improv thing i don't improv but like you know, sometimes I'll do a little jokey joke or something. I don't think I've ever gotten anything in one. Nailed in one. It <laughs> was that. just the best. Well, would you like me to go first or would you prefer to go first for our favorite things about modern times? I can go. Okay. Um, Mine is state parks. Ooh, that's a great Slash one. national parks. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea that we have decided to preserve land and uh, support nature in those lands and then also that we have opened those lands up to people to explore in healthy ways and to like learn about that place and particularly i like state state parks because it gives you a reason to like go out and explore your state i just think they're wonderful that's a great one thank you our the west virginia state parks has a system where you like sign up for this thing and you go to different state parks and you get stamps every time you go to one it's a little passport and yeah you know after you go you get like a ten dollar gift card or something but it's just like a, a reason to get you to go out and explore your state and i love it we have a lot of good state parks. We here. have so very many of them, so and they're many. all wonderful. Our whole state is one big state park. It, it is a little bit, and the yeah. own, and the one national park that we have in the state. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. Which is which is more of a forest? No, no, no. It's um uh the New River Gorge is a, is. Oh yes, I was thinking of the the forest for some reason. No, okay. no, we have a couple. We do we have, have a national couple, We have two national forests, I think. Yes, but yeah, we have we only have one national park, but. I just love our state parks, and I appreciate I the heck out of them. Yours is a lot deeper than mine. I just could That was what I – I went to a state park this <laughs> no, weekend, and that's what I was thinking about. It's very good. Mine's just going to sound real good. <laughs> so my favorite thing about modern times on this day is um, cheesy, quote-unquote, romantic Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Yes. By Hallmark, by whatever ABC Family's called now, Freeform, by Netflix. Ugh, 
They're great. They are mindless entertainment. They're uh, easy. They're not good, but <laughs> you still find yourself like loving them. Yeah, and they're fantastic. The, the sets are always beautiful. So like, even if you are not at all interested in the movie, which I'm not sure why you would be interested in the movie, they're not good. <laughs> the plots are terrible. It's all just the same plot over and over and over. But again. that's the joy of it. But, but they look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Especially, no, this is... I'll tell you something. Netflix's Christmas movie sets are excellent. <laughs> We did, um, my school does a thing called Free Movie Friday where we go and, like, all of the movies after 9.30 p.m. or something like that are free at our local movie theater. And my friend who loves uh, Hallmark oh, movies. Oh, did she see that new one? Went to see the new one. Oh, my God. There is heard there is a terrible. There is a twist. I've heard the twist. I know the twist. Yes, and I was. I've heard the movie is really terrible uh, but she was she was just so angry she was like we were on track and it was so delightful and it was such a christmas movie and then they got me <laughs> yeah well what i've heard is that they tried too hard to make it like meaningful like with movies like that you want it to be mindless you want the you moral want of the story fluff. to be oh love and that's the like kind of it is that they're they're fluff uh-huh they're, you know they're not yeah. there to challenge you and but uh, what i've heard is that like the turn into trying to challenge the audience was just like that's it doesn't fit <laughs> you're making a different movie yeah like that movie could have been made separate from it being like a christmas right movie. <laughs> and yeah it's too much it's too much but yes yeah, so she was like i have to go watch one of those like hallmark movies to set my soul right there's always a town that's named something christmas themed i watched one the other day where the town was literally called snow falls classic or like holly yeah the girl's name is holly yeah or noel yeah yeah or or literally just christmas no um (laughs) one character is always like a grinch about it and they don't care about christmas anymore and they're like corporate comes to small town it's yeah it's great yeah they're so great i've been watching a lot of them this season that's fantastic and it's we're not even to thanksgiving yet at time of recording um so ooh, they're just fun fantastic they're just fun um so speaking of christmas and holiday seasons uh our holiday episodes are going to be coming up next yeah um, so I think we're going to be doing episodes on specific holidays. I'm kind of stuck between two right now, so I'm not going to tell you which one I'm going to do because I haven't decided yet. Leave you in suspense. Yeah, so we're we're each going to talk about a specific holiday. So there will be an episode that comes out um, the week of Christmas. Yeah. Um, so there is that um but that will be our last one for the year and then we'll start on up again in the new year mm-hmm. 2020 oh my wow. god, god almighty. <laughs> <Gross>. so <laughs> so uh folks we need suggestions for topics in the year 2020 mm-hmm. so if there's anything you want us to talk about um please send topic suggestions our way um you can email us at remember that pod at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet um we are at rtt pod um on twitter and you can also find us on facebook we're happy to take suggestions there too just search remember that time and we should pop on up 
Um, and if you would like to find me on the internet, I can be found at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Did it. Awesome. Thank you all for hanging with me through this weird <laughs> conceptual episode. <laughs> and happy Thanksgiving, America. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. We, we ranted a lot about it, but never said happy yeah. Thanksgiving. But it's a good, you know, it's a family holiday. And yes. you know what? If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving or if you're not into it, happy week. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> that's what day of the week Thanksgiving is, not because that's necessarily the day you're listening to this. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then. Until next time, remember that time.